0: your mind somewhere else to keep going that little voice in your head is trying to stop you from getting to where you want to be be successful and keep moving forward. with your host and world renowned strength and conditioning coach phil daru. 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 welcome everybody to the daru strong podcast where we talk all things strong and interview the people that personify the meaning of being strong I'm your host, Phil DeRu. Thank you for being a part of my first ever episode of the Daru Strong Podcast. I'm going to call it number 001 because we got a long list of episodes I want to get through. Now today, I'm going to go over the overview of what we're going to talk about, who I'm going to have on, and why it's going to be important for you guys to understand. Now, I know that you guys know me as a strength and conditioning coach for combat sport athletes for the most elite athletes in the world, in my opinion, but... This isn't that type of podcast. We are going to talk strength. We are going to talk about increasing performance, but we're also going to interview people that have performance benefits in other genres of activities, whether that be from physiology, whether that be from psychology, whether that be from just being the best in their field. Also, we're going to talk about community. We're going to talk about increasing your performance from a mental standpoint. And then also, again, getting you stronger and more fit to as well. With the people that we have on but i'm very excited i mean i know i guess this has been a long time coming if you guys follow me on the fight strength podcast you know that i love to get into it when it comes down to content i love to talk about what i do in the industry but i also want to make sure that i give the platform out to the people that i respect so i'm going to go ahead and interview those people this podcast was intended to provide quality information and entertainment to everyone interested in becoming a better version of themselves The name of it is Drew Strong, but with that being said, I want to define strong as many things. One is having the ability to overcome obstacles and achieve greatness even when your back is against the wall. Progressing each day by developing a callous mindset to pain and setback. Strong people are made through trial and fire. And with the hardship comes with the ability to overcome. And two is having your priorities in order on all fronts. A strong person knows what they want and how they're gonna get it. Constantly thriving, not surviving, to be better through learning and communicating. Providing their mind and spirit with the will to keep pushing forward. And lastly, strong means dominating, whether it's on the field, court, cage, ring, or in your local gym. Having the ability to produce and absorb force is the definition of strong. So, now that we got that out the way, Today, I am going to go over some questions that I got on my social media, great questions and definitely want to get to them. But I want to make sure that you guys know that I do have a eight week body weight only program because times are crazy right now. I know the pandemic has got everyone tripping out in a way and it rightfully so. And a lot of people are in danger when it comes down to being sick and being hospitalized and some deaths have occurred. So my heart goes out to those individuals and the families. But what I do want to do for me, from my perspective, it give you guys the opportunity to maintain your fitness, to increase your performance as much as you possibly can from the comfort of your own home without any weights. So my eight-week bodyweight program, Body Armor, has been going really well. A lot of people have given me great feedback on it. It's a conjugate style of an approach where we utilize high intensities based off of failure sets and slow eccentrics maximal isometrics, and then we also work on dynamic effort, working on plyometrics and ballistic style training. This is meant to make sure that you can maintain your strength, increase your strength endurance, and increase your explosive strength. So if you want to check it out, you can go to darustrong.com, check out the full details on how you can get started on the program. All right, so now we got all that out the way. Let's go into these questions. First one comes from PeteHoward.101 on Instagram. He says, hey, dude, for your podcast line, I'm 110 kilos, big lump and been competitive boxer after rugby for 18 months. Lots of old turnaround style 100 meter sprints I used to use for top endurance. Enjoying the Franco style hill sprints. I do, too. Been following the red zone running for lots of treadmill gains this year. Any particular distance, RPE rest ratios you can throw out there for field running as gyms are shut down would be inspiring. And thank you for doing what you do and everything thus far. All right, bro. So thanks, Pete, for that question. Yeah, so I do like hill sprints. When I was coming up, when I was actually training for my own fights, I used to do a lot of hill sprints, believe it or not. Um, I was a big advocate. Of what Joe does. And obviously, you know, he is a mentor of mine. So, what the things that I would do primarily would be based upon what the energy systems I'm actually trying to work. Now, bigger athletes, you know, we have to incorporate the aerobic work, but not pound the joints. And I also like to do five minute interval sets. So, what we would do is basically you would run up and down. So, you do one sprint, come down controlled, run up again, and you do that for five minutes straight trying to get as many rounds in as possible i would do that for up to two to three rounds or i would do a three-week wave where i would start off with two rounds then four rounds then six rounds and then taper back off and restart the process again trying to get more rounds in in each five minute interval another thing that you can do as opposed to just running on the hills i like to do contrast training with 50 percent of their one rep max with squats and hinges or pushes and pulls let's say for instance. You know, I have a 50% of my trap bar deadlift. Then I'm going to take 50% of my push jerk. And I'm going to go back and forth with one repetition, one by one for five minutes straight. What that's going to do is going to increase the aerobic capacity and mitochondrial density of the fast switch fibers. It's going to increase your technical efficiency. And again, you're going to get that aerobic capacity worked into as well. Another great thing is that it doesn't pound the joints too much. It allows you to be explosive for a longer duration. Again, if you don't have access to a gym right now, weight room, I know times are crazy. What you could do is squat jumps and plow push-ups, And I would do that for five to 10 minutes long, depending on your level of work capacity. And you can do that to increase your fast switch fiber aerobic capacity. Another aerobic variation that I like to improve on for bigger guys is tempo assault bike intervals. And for that, you're working more of that aerobic power. You're working the higher levels of your VO2 max. And usually I'll do two minutes on and two minutes off with the recovery around 120 to 130 beats per minute for a three week pendulum wave, increasing the sets from six, eight to 10. So again, week one would be six reps week two would be eight reps, week three, 10 reps, and then back off again. And then you want to retest your maximal aerobic power. Now I have videos on how you can look at your maximal aerobic power, but basically how I measure it out is going on the assault bike and you start off at about 160 Watts for bigger guys, for females, you want to go about 120 Watts. And then every two minutes, you're going to increase the wattage by about 50 to 60 watts. Now you're going to go and increase that wattage every two minutes until you cannot or no longer sustain that wattage output. That will be your maximum aerobic power. And you also want to make sure if you have a heart rate monitor, I prefer a Polar H10 heart rate monitor. Go ahead and get that. Polar doesn't sponsor me or anything like that but i do agree and i like their product so i have all my athletes use that and uh, again you can monitor where their heart rate is based off of their map so after that again like i said do those aerobic power intervals two minutes on at 100 percent of your map and then two minutes off bringing your heart rate down to 120 to 130 beats per minute right around zone one zone two and then uh again do those sets so i hope that helps Now let's go to the next question. Okay. This is from Michael 1.3.1.2 on Instagram. He says, how do you apply the triphasic training method to MMA and how long do you focus on eccentric work and how long do you focus on isometric work and how long do you focus on concentric work? Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. So first off, When I implement the triphasic system, it's to provide GPP or general physical preparedness, right? It's to provide technical efficiency of each exercise of what we call a tester lift or something that's going to have high correlation to the sport, something that has direct adaptations. So whether that be a zercher squat, whether that be a good morning, a sumo deadlift, those are my main compound movements. But I want to work those movements in each individual movement tempo. So that I can enhance the quality of that overall coordination, intramuscular and intramuscular, working on hypertrophy in a lot of ways, especially in the eccentric and then also working isometrics to enhance strength in mini max ranges or your weak points pretty much. So for about 12 weeks out, we start the triphasic model where I will do two weeks of eccentrics, two weeks of isometrics. And then after those two weeks of isometrics, we take a slight deload where I will go over assessment protocols based off of their power, their force production, their endurance. And we go through those assessments. And I got some videos on my YouTube if you want to check those out. And then after that, we go right into the condensed conjugate model where the focus is on straight concentrics because now we're trying to increase force production and increase maximal velocities so that we can hit the force velocity curve as its entirety. Okay. Again, you know, you have to make sure when you're doing the eccentrics, that skills training is brought down a bit because of the fact that they are going to get some delayed onset muscle soreness. They are going to be a little fatigued from that. It's very taxing. At the same time, when you're talking conditioning, I like to work some lactic power work in between there. And then on the off days, do some aerobic capacity or aerobic power to mitigate any type of maladaptation of mitochondrial density. So when you're talking about high lactic work, usually combats with the aerobic capacity so i want to make sure i offset that by doing some aerobic work one for restoration and also to increase the capacity of your oxygen intake so i hope that helped you there let's go to the next question okay the next one is o'reilly 7402 he said finish day four of body armor program and i'm loving it thanks bro i appreciate that With the gyms closed, is it beneficial to take a break from weightlifting and focus on body weight, resistance bands, exercises to help improve mobility, flexibility, and help build and strengthen muscles not worked in general weightlifting? Thanks, Phil. Much love from Ireland. Thank you from Ireland. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, well, right now you can only do what you can do, you know, and you have to control the controllables and not worry about the uncontrollable. And do what you can as far as getting you in shape and maintaining the strength that you've gained. If you can get some bands, I highly prefer you get some bands from like Elite FTS. I know that I always pitch them out there because their bands are the best. They always work for me. Um, and then also again with the Body Armor program, it kind of goes through those specific tempos to allow you to get strength, to allow you to increase your endurance. And also improve on your explosive strength or explosive power. Yeah, I think that that would be more important at this particular time, just because of the fact that you don't have the weights to do the work that you need to do to cause that adaptation to happen. So, yes. And then also work on your mobility. This is very important. Work on your mobility, increase the joint capsulary space, increase your active and range control, because that's going to give you the prerequisites to do work once you get access to a weight room. So, this is the time, really. Yes, you're right, that you want to start from the basics again and really build up your body from the ground up. You know, a lot of people, when they start a weight training program, they skip the basics. And that's in anything, really, right now. I got a lot of guys that I see coming up in MMA and they want to jump to doing, you know, highly technical moves, or in BJJ, they want to do, you know, a Baron Bola roll into you know, like a, a go-go plata, but they don't even know how to do a standard arm bar. So we need to make sure that you get the basics down, you understand the fundamentals, and then you can work on increasing that with higher level movements and weightlifting techniques. Okay, next question. There's a couple here from Stankus underscore Robertus. He said, two questions. What books do you recommend? To read for SNC coaching, I have read ISSA, I have read NSCA strength and conditioning books, Michael Boyle's Advances of Functional Training PDF, Bumpus Periodization, which is a really good book, and also Super Training, which is obviously a dense read. Yeah, so I know that I had DM this individual and talked about you know my favorite books, but you know again, it's not just about the science of periodization and strength and power and conditioning. Those are very important. And we're going to talk about those, but it's also about understanding a person and having quality communication skills. That's very important. So what we want to do is you first want to make sure that you have that baseline knowledge of science, and then you want to get on the floor and work with individuals so that you can properly communicate and work on that art of coaching that we talk about a lot. So the first one, is gonna be how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. The reason why, like I said, is it allows you to understand how to properly communicate with an individual to get them to buy into the situation. Remember, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So again, you wanna make sure that you have proper communication skills that you can converse with these individuals on a daily basis so that they can understand where you're coming from and they know that you care about them. So that book is really good to jump into so that you can find out the details there. All right. The next one is going to be Mastery by Robert Greene. I like Robert Greene's books. I know the 48 Laws of Power is a little dark, But I feel like that has some great gems in there, not for just understanding what people try to manipulate you to do, but also working the system in a way that's going to enhance your quality of life. So again, Mastery is a good book just because it goes about understanding what all these masters have done, which is dominate their field. And if you can understand that, you're going to dominate your own field. So Mastery by Robert Greene. And then getting into the science getting into the true s science and practice of strength training by Dr. Zatsorski is one of the staples of strength and conditioning. When you're talking about finding out proper periodization, finding out how to load properly, how to increase performance, decrease fatigue, and so on and so forth. So science and practice of strength training by Zatsorski. And then the fourth one is going to be People probably don't know this unless you are a Westside follower of Louie. Managing the Training of the Weightlifter by Metbiev, who goes over the proper format of work capacity, goes over Pilipin's chart, understanding workloads and understanding how to properly progress through specific means of loads and in the percentage basis that they need to, to one, increase performance, but also make sure we're managing that fatigue. So those are my books, man. I hope that helps. Get them, check them out, let me know how it goes, and uh, hit me up with some more questions later. Okay, this question comes from Mo underscore Al underscore Yemeni. Question for the podcast What are the best ways to condition your muscles to increase glycogen capacity? I'm asking for an MMA standpoint so to maintain my energy through the fight. Yeah, so here's the thing skill work in general is highly lactic. If you look at it from you know an mma standpoint if they're working their grappling if they're working their wrestling even if they're sparring or mma sparring it's going to be highly lactic because of the fact that they are in close quarters they're working through different transitions they're doing it in a long fashion and they're activating muscles in all different ranges so for that you want to make sure again that you can accommodate to the work ahead and what i would do is in the beginning increase your aerobic capacity through proper means of general fitness now with that being said if you don't have a solid aerobic base you're not going to be able to buffer out lactate so with that i want to make sure that first we have a baseline of aerobic capacity and you can do that through tempo runs you can do that through long distance runs you can do that what i talked about in the first question with the five by fives or the five minutes on, maintaining that zone one, zone two heart rate zone so that you can increase your aerobic capacity there. You also want to improve on your oxygen utilization or your oxygen intake. And that's going to help with, again, buffering out lactate. It's going to help you with increasing your energy. So what I would do is work on breath holds. We've done breath holds with a lot of my boxers, with a lot of my MMA guys and girls, and we've seen tremendous increases in their oxygen utilization and their ability to cope with air hunger. Now, I know if you guys follow me in the past, I talk a lot about buteco methods and oxygen advantage. I utilize that on a daily basis with all my fighters where we will do maximal breath holds and we will go five rounds total for two sets right before their workout and we'll walk in paces. Now, what I've been able to see is that increases in their ability to take in that oxygen, to blow out that CO2, and then accumulate that carbon dioxide and have the ability to saturate the lungs with CO2 to increase their ability to cope with that air hunger is important. So what i basically seen, I know Maureen Shea has gone from 20 paces within, I want to say she's done three days a week. She first started off with 20 to 25 paces. Fast forward six weeks later, and now she gets up into the 50 and 60 paces range. So again, what that basically tells me is that she has a better lung capacity she's improving on her aerobic conditioning that way. And it's very simple, very easy to do. It's not taxing on the body, but it increases that ability, all right? So that's gonna help with that buffering capacity there. And again, you also wanna work in those zones of lactic capacity and lactic power. So if you're working on a one-to-one work-to-rest ratio or even a two-to-one work-to-rest ratio, making sure that you're keeping the intervals around 30 seconds to a minute long And again, you're making sure that the rest period is the same with that optimal ratio. All right. Now, if you don't have the ability to work that in your skills training, then you have to fill gaps. So again, if my guys come in and they don't have a sparring session that day or a wrestling session that day that fills that void, well, then I'm going to go ahead and put them through some type of lactic capacity or power training to induce that response and fill that gap. So just remember that. All right. So I hope that helps for you. Next question is from Alex West Scott, one, two, three. Where do you stand on weekly volume load for strength and hypertrophy, i.e. optimal weeks, sets and reps? And thank you for sharing your knowledge. I have a notebook full of your valuable information from your previous podcast. All right. Thanks, Alex. So in general, we run off a prilipin's chart to find out specific loading parameters based off percentages. And pull up inch chart is found in the managing the training of the weightlifter. But if you wanted to go over it, if you're looking at it from a percentage perspective, right? And you're looking at it from special strengths. So your explosive strength is going to be around 40 to 50%. That's 1.2 to 2.5 meters per second. And what you want to make sure that you're doing is adequate amount of reps and optimal amount of reps that you can do to enhance You know, the performance in general. So you're looking at from 55 to 65%, you're looking at three to six reps. The optimal amount is gonna be 24 repetitions. So you can manage out your sets and reps through that. 70 to 80% is around three to six reps. And the optimal range is gonna be about 18 for that particular percentage zone. 80 to 90%, which is working more around speed, strength, and strength speed, that's two to four reps with an optimal rep range of 15 reps in total. So that's the entire volume of the set. And then 90% plus, you're looking at one to two reps per set. And you want to do an optimal amount of four repetitions for the entire volume of that exercise. To make it more subjective for the individual, you can also find out your individualized maximal recoverable volume. And you can find this out on Scientific Principles of Strength Training, uh, Juggernaut, and Renaissance Periodization. Have a great book out. You should check it out. And that will take into account age, gender, experience, stress levels, stress responses to different things. From there, you'll be able to calculate your overall training zones based on either a squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press, whatever the compound lifts you want to do. But I urge you to go ahead and check out, you know, Scientific Principles of Strength Training. That book is phenomenal and I highly recommend it. OK, so hope that helps you guys. OK, so the next question is from JC underscore Burner. He says, Hi, Phil. I hope everything's going well with you and staying safe. Thanks, brother. You too. Uh, I wanted to ask you two questions. One is what type of strength work strength, speed, speed, strength, muscular endurance? Do you think is the best to train in this period of confinement at home, knowing that I don't have any weights? Now I'm training like this. So he tells me what he's training like. He's doing one day focused on power. The other day is focused on endurance and hypertrophy and the other one is speed. Now this is basically either an undulation model or a concurrent conjugate model. Do you consider it better to do just one quality or combine all three in the same week? Yeah, the basis behind body armor is a conjugate style like I said before. So what I'm looking at really is, I'm trying to find a way to optimize all of these systems and we can do that through a conjugate concurrent style of an approach. What I would do is work on your higher intensity days based out every 72 hours and then work on your dynamic work, you know, right about 48 hours after that. So if you wanted to break it up into quadrants, if you wanted to go upper and lower, I would do an upper body high intensity day followed 72 hours later by or lower body high intensity day followed 72 hours by a high intensity or upper body high intensity day. And then follow that on 48 hours after do a high dynamic day where you're working on explosive power, explosive strength, but also you can work on a little bit more quality of endurance with some accessory exercises too as well to bring up any weak, lagging issues. And you would do that on the fourth and fifth day of upper or lower and then upper body. So, hope that helps, brother. Again, with all of this being said, this has been a crazy time. You know, we want to make sure that everybody is getting what they need to out of the situation when it comes down to performance and Longevity and health. I do believe that we are going to grow stronger from this situation that we have here, this unfortunate situation. I know my kids are out of school. It's crazy on my wife right now, but we are going to get through this as a human race. I believe that if we stay strong and we keep on doing what we need to do and stay positive, we're going to come out the other side a lot stronger, a lot more knowledgeable about the situation and make sure that it doesn't happen again. All right, guys. So, shorter episode this week because I wanted to get through the objective. I wanted to make sure that you guys understood what I was doing for this podcast. We are going to have some guests on next week. I'm going to have one of my main coaches that I actually came up with. You guys followed me before you know who I'm talking about. We're going to have him in the studio here in my gym also. And we're going to talk some shop and see what's going on with him now. Newly acquired things for him. Definitely leaving out the old and bringing in the new in a way, right? So excited for that. Again, thanks again for you guys who are watching on YouTube or are listening on any podcast network that we're putting this on. Thanks again. I will see you next time. to Strong Podcast, and I'm out.